0: This is EdTech Weekly, I'm your host Ricky Zager, and this is episode 83. In tonight's show, Kidaptive raises 19 million, schools need to be supporting educators, a project begins to truly evaluate how well EdTech works, and some weird trendy things in EdTech, and joining us, as always, four weeks in a row now, this is, this is uncharted territory perhaps, Christy, welcome to the show.
1: Hey Ricky, how are you?
0: I'm good. I'm really, really good. I recently um, – have you seen The the Greatest Showman, The Greatest show, whatever, this this musical, this movie? Have you seen that?
1: You know, I have not seen the movie, but I have the soundtrack, and I love the soundtrack.
0: It's – yeah, both are equally awesome in my opinion. Um, I might – you know, this is probably not – this is new to the EdTech community, the EdTech Weekly community, but I am a big musical fan, and uh, everything about that is great. The music – the movie, if it's still in your theaters, I highly recommend seeing it. So that's my non-ed tech. What's going on?
1: Well, now I have to ask, do you have a favorite musical?
0: Uh, you know, I'm Les Mis is like one of my all-time favorites for sure. Um, but I just anything that's got good, powerful music, I'm I'm kind of into. So,
1: have you seen Hamilton?
0: I have not. It is coming. Um, And we have – the only way to get tickets here is if we get season tickets this year. That's the only way you can have access to them. So there is debate in the household right now whether we should get season tickets this year because I've heard it's pretty awesome.
1: Some places are doing a lottery. If your place does that, enter that and maybe you'll get lucky. It's amazing.
0: Absolutely. All right. Well, I'm sure most people aren't coming here to listen to me talk about musicals and how I like them. So let's get to a little more Ed Tech stuff. First of all, I want to say you know we talked about an email that we got – from one of the fans of our show, uh, David Cantler, and I actually posted a link on our Facebook page, so uh, he can go there and check it out, and you can as well, and it compares some of the LMS features uh, that are out there, I think like the top 10 LMSs, and so if that's something that you're trying to figure out what to do for your district, uh, go ahead and check out our Facebook page and you will find that there. I'll also put it in the show notes as well edtechweeklyshow.com. techweeklyshow.com. Um, but let's get started like we uh, sometimes, mostly, always do with the EdTech News Rundown. (music) TechCrunch reports that EdTech company Kidaptive has raised 19.1 million for its adaptive learning platform. The company began by making iPad learning apps for kids and they're now expanding into personalized adaptive learning. They'll be working with Korean company Woonjin Compass to develop a platform for an English learning system. And their concept is having students go through an adaptive learning experience that's going to change in real time based on interactions that they have with their program. And part of the experience would actually include giving resources and steps for parents to follow up and help continue their child's development, like giving them some resources or other things that they would need. Now, the money that they're going to be using is going to be to hire more staff in the U.S. and in Korea. And they also have a big expansion planned for India, and they plan to announce that in the near future. Uh, AI and adaptive learning is not a passing ed tech trend, and Kidaptive is certainly a company to keep your eyes on. Christy, this is the first time I've heard of an adaptive learning that's more focused on p- giving parents resources to help with their children's development. And I know we had a lengthy discussion last week about screen time and all that type of stuff. So what do you think uh, about this? First of all, can this? you think this could become a big part of the home learning experience? Is that something that maybe would make more screen time Okay.
1: I don't know. You know, someone must think it is because they're getting $19.1 million. You're not kidding. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's a lot of money here.
0: It's a lot of money everywhere, just to be clear. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this helps. And I don't know if this is something that other companies will then take off and do more of something similar to it. Um, I guess we'll have to see.
0: Yeah, I'll be watching for sure. It's, it sounds interesting.
1: All right. Our next article from EdTech Magazine, Schools Must Support Educators While Keeping Tabs on Tech Trends, builds on our discussion from last week about modern learning environments. The article suggests connected devices, audiovisual equipment, and classroom furniture are essential to creating spaces that are conducive to to teaching that focuses on future-ready skills. According to a 2017 study by Blackboard and Project Tomorrow, a majority of school principals, 51%, and technology leaders 67 percent say that the greatest challenge they face in implementing digital learning or expanding technology use is motivating teachers to change their traditional instructional practice percent of district administrators say that the effective use of technology is extremely important for student success only 43 percent of classroom teachers say the same the blackboard and project tomorrow study identify five essential elements that teachers need to effectively and efficiently integrate digital content tools and resources into daily instruction in their classroom. Number one, planning time to work with colleagues. Number two, a classroom set of devices for student use. Number three, readily available tech support. Number four, professional development. And number five, reliable internet. The article goes on to identify the following tech trends to watch. In the one year or less category is spaces and robotics. Two to three years out are analytics and virtual reality and four to five years out include artificial intelligence and the internet of things. What do you think, Ricky? The article title was on supporting teachers. Which of these would be most important?
0: I mean, I think when it comes right down to it, you're talking about what's going to support teachers. It's got to be professional development. I think that's sort of the bottom line. You have to make sure that they're getting what they need in order to make these things work. The percentages I find somewhat interesting uh, to say 71% of district administrators say that that's extremely important um, and teachers don't feel the same way. And I think that is directly related to the fact that they're not getting enough professional development to see these things work and feel that they're working. So they don't really believe that there is important for success because they don't see it in that way because they're just not getting enough professional development to make these things as successful as they can be. Again, you're asking my opinion. My opinion is more professional development will make those numbers get a lot closer and probably both maybe even a little bit higher. More people think it's extremely important.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with you on that. We always talk about teacher training. I do think that reliable internet is probably pretty important as well um, because I know how frustrating that can be in a classroom and you're either buffering or the internet goes out and you just makes teachers give up and not want to invest the time to do that. So both of those are really important.
0: Yeah. And I think if there's people who are listening to the show who are, you know, I don't know if we alienated all of our ed tech salespeople last week and we talked about teachers being mean to them, but um, I think if they are still listening and we haven't alienated them all, you have to look at it from, it's super frustrating from their point of view too, when internet's not working, they have those type of issues too, with demos and things not working right. So I think that frustration is pretty common among everyone who's trying to do these ed tech things. Is like, do we have enough internet? Is it good enough? Is this actually going to work the way it's supposed to once we get it set up to your active directory or other things? So all of those technical issues can cause problems too. But I think at the end of the day, if we have someone who's being very well supported as a teacher with professional development, that stuff all gets a little bit easier to deal with. For sure. All right. Our next one, an article on the Hetchinger report, perhaps that's how we say it. Hetchinger explains about an attempt to figure out why ed tech products work, rather than focusing on which ed tech products to use. Seems a little counterintuitive here, but stick with them for a minute. It's a new nonprofit that was formed out of Jefferson Education Accelerator at the University of Virginia Curry School of Education. It's embarking on an ambitious project to find the answer of should we um, be focusing on whether or why they work or what products to use. And currently the only real way we have to figure out these things is if we choose an EdTech product, basically is to see that if it worked in another school or district, if that info is even available. Sometimes we can't really tell. We can know people are using it, but we don't know how effective it is. The problem with that is that we see it worked, but it does, isn't always easy to know what steps went into making it work. You know, they've already identified more than a dozen variables that contribute to the success or failure of an educational technology initiative. Some of the bigger ones are did teachers play a role in choosing the ed tech? Um, what's the quality of professional development? Again, we're with the professional development. Was there a pilot program? Um, and how successful has the school been with prior ed tech initiatives? So you can see that all of those things could influence whether something is successful or not. So, some of these obviously are greatest hits for us here at EdTech Weekly. We've been talking about professional development. We just did it in the last segment, and teacher agency of them coming up with their own choices or being having a part in their choices—that comes up a lot in our discussions as well. Uh, Christy is an EdTech decision maker. How frustrating can choosing EdTech be, given these circumstances? And how exciting is a project like this for you or other decision makers? <laughs>
1: Well, that is pretty a new way to look at it and thinking about why EdTech products work and all of those things go into it. You know, so often it's all in the implementation. You can have a great product, but if you don't implement with fidelity, if you don't properly train your teachers, if you don't have the tech support involved, it will fail and it has nothing to do with the product. So I think getting the teacher buy-in from the beginning is critical and investing in all those steps, which can either make or break it. So that's a pretty interesting study that I would like to check out.
0: Yeah, I think there could be some really good data coming from that. I think if if we know that didn't work, but then we also know it didn't work, but they didn't have good professional development or the teachers weren't involved, then we start to learn other reasons why it didn't work and not just, oh, that software doesn't work. So I, I think that data is going to be really valuable moving forward. I, I'm sad that it's going to take a while for that data probably to be meaningful, Um, to get enough of it to be meaningful. But I think that is the way we should be going here is having some sort of measuring stick that's fair that allows us to know why is it working? Is it working at all? And if so, was it because of the program or was it the program and many, many other things involved as well, so.
1: For sure, so many variables. All right, the next story. Uh, It seems like we are heading into EdTech conference season, Mm -hmm. and this article from EdSurge titled A Peek at South by Southwest EDU's Panel Picker and Some Weird Trendy Things in Education talks about the process and categories for conference sessions to be presented. Besides learning from individual sessions,
0: I've lost you. Can you hear me? Well, I'm going to finish it up. Besides learning from individual sessions, looking at data on conference submissions can give a different perspective on trends in education. South by Southwest EDU is March 5th through the 8th in Austin, Texas, and receive, receive 1,445 session proposals and 400 were chosen. And that's a lot on both ends. When submitting a session, proposals must designate one of 17 tracks. So there's a lot of information here, and I think... When you, If you want to check more of this out to see some of the trends and see what the proposals are and how they've grown up, definitely check out edtechweeklyshow.com. We'll have the link there. Um, it seems like there's going to be a lot more choices when you look at how many different topic areas and things there are. So that might become something that's difficult for some of the attendees. So I'm not really sure what happened to Christy. Are you, are you back, Christy?
1: I am. Sorry, my internet just popped out there for a second. Thanks for finishing the story for sorry. me. Sorry.
0: Yeah, I, I tried to. I, I, I know I didn't get everything in there, but um, I think you know if people want to get a little bit more info on that, they should definitely check it out. But I know we've got a segment coming up. EdTech, going down in your town with no G, Christy. We've been over this, but it's been a while. Going down. That's right.
1: Going, not going. Going down.
0: Going down in your town. And joining us, we are super excited to have Kendra Kendra. with a K. Kendra with a K, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much.
0: So we were briefly chatting before the show, and we were trying to figure out exactly what it is that you do in your town. What type of ed tech is going down in your town?
2: That's a good question. So Kendra Tyler, uh, my town is Red Bluff, Um, Tehama County Department of Education so my job title is education technology innovation consultant but I also do some history and some
1: science too
0: Ooh, very nice
1: that is Tehama that is in northern California
0: yeah we're, we're becoming sort of a snobby northern California show or it feels like I don't know
1: well, we are an international podcast, so I wanted to make sure all of our listeners knew what we were talking about. That's, That's true. true. If you've ever had a
2: Sierra Nevada beer, then you are about 45 miles away
1: from mm-hmm. Red Bluff.
0: Nice. All right. That sounds good. So now you guys are actually both together right now, right? And you're at an EdTech conference. Is that correct?
1: Uh, More of a curriculum, state-level curriculum conference, Mm -hmm. Um, but I work with Kendra. um, We are in the same region, but actually probably three hours apart, so it is nice to uh, see her face-to-face here at this conference.
0: Very cool. Well, it sounds like you guys are having a good time, and I'm sure there's maybe a nap or wine in the future, perhaps?
2: Very true. (laughs)
0: All right, Christy, I know you have some questions lined up for Miss Kendra with a K. So uh, what else can we ask about the EdTech that's going down in her town?
1: Well, mainly, Kendra, what is going down in your town? What's <laughs> cool with ed tech that you're working on and doing? Well, we do a whole ton. Um, but I think the thing that we've
2: been most excited about in Tehama County, so working... In Tehama County, we have 14 different school districts and some are very, very far away and very small and some are larger. So it's been super cool. We started this thing called EdTech Monthly um, and we did it in the winter and now we're doing it in the spring. So we're offering it again. And what we do is um, I go out to a different school every month and just do one tool for one hour. And it's in a classroom instead of being at the county office so that teachers from all over um, the district can come in to see what the classroom looks like and try out a tool as a student and then build it together as a community of teachers um, and just figure out how it works together.
0: Well, that's really cool. Now, I do have one one follow up question. There, uh, you said it's called EdTech Monthly. Is that what you said? Yes. How long have you been doing that?
2: Um, so we started it in the fall, but I called it the winter because I wanted to make sure that the you know the flyer had a great theme to it. So we actually started it in October, um, and we've done it every month since. So we've done eight different tools now.
0: So, I, I guess the reason why I asked that question is because do you feel that you might be infringing upon our intellectual property, EdTech Weekly? <laughs> I mean, it seems no, no, coincidental. At Ed
2: Tech We're EdTech Monthly, and it's actually TCDE EdTech Monthly, so hopefully that helps a little bit.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about this. I sort of am upset about this. I feel like you just went, well, we can't do EdTech Weekly, so let's just say monthly. I don't know. <laughs> but
1: it re- Wouldn't it be tech seasonally? Ooh, but it's every month.
0: (laughs) But see. During
1: the season.
2: So the (laughs) thing that the teachers love most about this is that I bring snacks.
0: That's always, yeah, yeah, that always (laughs) helps.
2: Um, Yeah, yeah, I bring snacks. (laughs) But no, it's been really cool because um, it's just been great to build community amongst teachers that, necessarily wouldn't see each other because they're not at the same school site. Um, And they're also able to try a tool with different content area focuses. So I've had teachers come in that are high school science teachers working with a second grade um, classroom teacher on the same tool, but with a different focus and um, learning goal for why they're using it. So it's been awesome to just see how that's worked.
1: So what have been your most popular tools or out of the ones you've done so far, which one are teachers liking the best?
2: Um, So I did, most of the time it is K-12, but Seesaw we did specifically for K-8, and that was a really popular session, Um, and then Nearpod was our last month's feature, and um, teachers really... Just started using that immediately. Um, They were able to build a whole presentation because they had already been to the Google Slides session. Um, They just inputted their Google Slides that they had made at a prior EdTech Monthly, put it into Nearpod and started making it more um, student friendly. So that was also a really popular session.
0: Well, I got to tell you, I really do um, like the fact that you are making or not making but giving them opportunities to leave with something to use I think that's really really important especially with faculty development so I applaud you on that and I was curious as well do you have I know this is relatively new you've been doing this monthly thing and do you have plans for expansion or for ways that this might go or are you just going to kind of let it happen and see what see what happens?
2: Well every month it's it's honestly kind of different. Sometimes it's three teachers and it's really one-on-one work. And sometimes it's 15 teachers and it's a little bit bigger. So um, it really varies month to month on what the schools are up to um, and what they're ready for. But I know we want to, as a county, we want to start um, plugging this in so that maybe there could be some follow-up online that they could do after they come to that one hour session. Um, I also would love to showcase what the teachers are making. and be able to share that out with the whole county and maybe the whole region. So there's plans, but um, at this point, we're still in the figuring out how it works. And sometimes I show up to districts and I don't know the Internet password, and that's really hard, too. So, you know, there's growing pains to going out to different schools and and just figuring out how that works.
0: Well, I can say on behalf of the EdTech Weekly community, the listeners and myself and Christy, that I'm really glad that you're on the show. and I'm glad you're sharing this because I think it's really important that people sort of think of different ways that they can connect with their communities, uh, especially revolving ed tech and ways that they, we can actually produce things that teachers can use and generate excitement. And I think, as you mentioned, food being involved is always a good way to get teachers or just about anyone involved too.
2: Yeah, and doing it in the classroom because we find um, that when we're in a teacher's classroom, like Nearpod last month, we're like, okay, how are we actually going to set up the room to do this? I think sometimes with ed tech, we don't think about the classroom management piece and how it actually is going to roll out when you're in the room. So being in a classroom allows us to like move the furniture and kind of figure out and figure out how it would work.
0: Well, I think it's awesome, and I'm really thankful that you joined us on the show today. And I know that you have big plans after this conference that you've been at. So um, have you made a decision yet? I know we talked before we did this. Are you going to take a nap or are you going to have wine? What's the next move? (laughs) The listeners want to know. They need to know. This is important.
2: I think that I'm going to have a snack first. And then I'm going to make a decision because I'm a little hangry (laughs) right now at this point. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is not good. And we certainly don't want to keep you here if you're hangry. But thank you so much. Do you want to plug anything at uh, Twitter or anything else where somebody can follow or learn more about what you're doing?
2: Yes. So my Twitter handle is, is at Kendra L. Tyler.
0: With a K. And, with a K.
2: With a K. Kendra L. Tyler. And then um, my website is edtechtcde.wordpress.com.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Christy, do you have any final questions?
1: Uh, No, just so happy that we were finally able to get Kendra on the show. She gave us some good tips here on the EdTech Monthly and just really appreciate her being here.
0: Yeah, me too. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for being on the show. And that is what's going down, going down in Kendra's town. Thanks. All right, Christy. Well, uh, that was another successful EdTech Going Down in Your Town segment. I'm excited to maybe get some more people in there. So if you're interested in being in that segment and tell us more about what's happening in your part of town with EdTech, hit us up at edtechweekly at gmail.com. You can also tweet at us at 4TechTeachers for me and at Christy M. Warren for Christy. And we'd be happy to talk with you and uh, find out what's going down in your town. I would like to say that I'm taking a little bit deeper look into Upsmart, like we talked about before, and I'm working on a more comprehensive review. But I did want to mention something that's pretty interesting about their strategy. And that's that they're using like one day of the week is the Upsmart day. So they're giving two days for content and then they call Wednesdays Upsmart Wednesdays. And so it's interesting because that's the day that you learn How much of the content did your students get? And then you also get feedback for how you can redirect or how you can um, get them back where they need to be with the rest of the class. And then you have Thursday and Friday to do your review and your, your assessments or your activities and that kind of stuff. So it's pretty interesting, and I will definitely have a lot more about that coming up. Christy, do you have anything for the people? I know you've been busy and you secured our guest. And, you know, I know that we have your Christy's Tech Tip. And I know that probably that's going to be for next week. Uh, Is there anything you have?
1: Well, I'm at a conference right now. And it's great to connect with colleagues and learn lots. I had an amazing keynote session from... George Kuros, author of The Innovators Mindset, and so happy that I got a selfie with him and he took my or signed my book. So if you're not connected with him already on Twitter, just an amazing resource, and I would encourage everyone to look him up.
0: All right, that's good stuff. Well, thank you so much again, Christy, and thanks for getting our is it Kendra with a K? Kendra with a K. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll see you next time on Ed Tech Weekly.